I V M. Advertising is dead. It's all business now, and a lot of businesses have really had to evolve and change how they function, especially those which were predominantly physical in their ecosystem of functioning. as they move to this hybrid form of working that we all work in today and to understand how the fitness industry or rather the fitness nutrition and health industry has really adapted to this hybrid way of functioning i have ketan marvin kurve on the show today ketan is the founder and ceo of alpha coach and so i'll tap into how he is building a company focused on this hybrid space that the fitness industry finds itself in kind of merging data and analytics on one end with what is in a sense the fitness industry on the other I'm Arun Dugirala. Be right back with my chat with Ketan. Welcome back to Advertising is Dead. We talked to Ketan. I'm happy we finally doing this, Ketan. We've been talking about doing this, and I am the guilty party here for like, okay, we're doing this, but I haven't started recording for Advertising is Dead yet. But we're finally doing this, and I'm so happy to be chatting with you today. No, likewise, man. It was it was an honor to have to be to be out here. Uh, I know we've been talking about it for a while, but uh, I think there were lots of travel. There was this, and then I got busy. So I think it's good we finally doing it. Yeah, and one of the reasons why I want to kind of get you in is because. You know, you've been through a journey in this space, um, in 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 the entire fitness ecosystem. Um, I'd first want to tap into how you even got into it because I know you've had almost like a you've had multiple layers to where you are right now. Has this always been an area of interest, and and at which point did it go from an area of interest to becoming an entrepreneurial uh, interest? Yeah. So basically, uh, so I mean, I always had this whole thing about being fit. You know. raised in the 80s right you know we had very very unreal body image this things that we had you got rambo and you know you had arnold and you had all of these guys sylvester growing yeah. up gi yeah. joe all our, even our yeah. toys had all over extra this thing and always growing yeah, up extra like, muscles how do you get stuff like that so you know growing up <laughs> in a very south indian you know general family who eats a lot of rice and a lot of dosa and a lot of south indian food i grew up to be one of those sort of a uh, skinny fat you know kind of people who never had this thing was never picked on teams and uh, yeah. always always strove to get was how do i get there and uh, but uh, and then i tried a bunch of things i mean i grew up obviously did my uh, ca and start working and you know each thing sort of layers onto the previous one and you start thinking you know i do it later once i finish studying once i finish college mm. etc and uh, and then i tried a lot of things i said okay now i have the time let me start doing something and i literally at the age of 30 is when i really start doing things and i think i tried about 35 different programs like if you look at my desktop and you look at one of these folders that i have on fitness there are at least 30 to 40 different programs either that i have paid for or just downloaded free or just tried mm. at some point uh, but uh, that enthusiasm eventually didn't get me anywhere honestly i tried all of that and then uh, come 2016 i mean i was a friend and you know i decided to actually put this little bit of fire in about you know this about the whole thing about fitness into uh, a business and i said let mm-hmm. me try doing something with it so that you know and i then became a little bit active venture into becoming an entrepreneur at some stage it was a side hustle uh, obviously it was a gym in in bandra in khar bandra mm-hmm. and that's when just living and breathing amongst those people who were my coaches mm-hmm. you know how figuring out those things and we had a lot of models and athletes and sports people who came there and just understanding from them as to what did it take for them to always get to their goal like you know a guy going up on stage 
has an end date, right? It's a deadline. Mm-hmm. Person who has a movie to shoot, a sport to compete in, those dates are typically fixed. So you try to understand how do they do it in that limited amount of time or whatever. And you just mm-hmm. realize that actually just small things that are honestly very uh, not so sexy are the things that mm-hmm. actually eventually work, right? You know, it's like yeah. bodybuilders, if they published their own workouts, they would just seem like the most dreary, boring things in the world because they do the same things over and over again. The same with their diets and whatnot. So effectively, that's how I got, sort of got into it. Um, I took the long road. I did try all the shortcuts, which effectively turned out to be the longest road possible. But in the end, I think I sort of figured out uh, that you know it's the small things done consistently over time. Uh, but with some, obviously, some guidance in terms of you know having somebody to tell you this is what you should do and somebody to hold you accountable. So that's how the entire thing was sort of conceptualized. And so when you talk about Alpha Coach itself, right? One of the things which I find interesting is your approach isn't to go after saying, okay, take, because what a lot of people did, build an app out, build a platform out, get coaches, have instructions there, get it onto the app. And in some ways, do some live sessions, etc. But what I've actually found interesting is you actually look at it from a data standpoint as well. There is certain level yeah. of tech involved there. You know, there's data that you're taking from the people who signed up. There's a strong component of that. So, how do you look at this whole tech plus human aspect playing into this specific market, especially as we kind of as this space really evolves and booms in in the time right now? Yeah. So, so, so tech is primarily, um, you know, I could say at best an enabler initially, right? So, what happens is that. You have a bunch of data, which uh, let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. Um, Think of your body being transparent, right? If you were to know what mayonnaise did inside of your body or that huge piece of cake did inside of your body, and you could actually see it sort of messing with your organs, spiking your your insulin levels, you know, giving you that, adding to the fat and actually seeing that journey, I think we'd all be put off and never eat mayonnaise in our life. And that's the example. But we can't, unfortunately. So what's the next best thing you can do is to gather data around what happens to your body across various things, whether it's your heart rate, your weight gain, your food log, what sort of pro, you know macros go inside and what. So our app, therefore, is from an input perspective, initially seems a little daunting. But what happens is that it starts to curate, calculate a lot of this data, which actually tells the coach a lot of things, right? So whether it's their training and the intensity with which they did it, uh, the kind of foods that they eat. And then the coach, what they do is that they actually sit around and just look at it like from a 30,000 feet distance to say, okay, this is what went in, which is your inputs, which is your training, your, your steps, your average heart rate, your sleep, your foods, all the stuff that you did. And what was the impact or the output of that, which is probably, you know, you lost weight, you did not lose weight, you had a good week or not, et cetera, right? And then some, then they actually sit and say, okay, now this, they marry the two and they say, okay, now this is what you should probably focus on the next week, right? So that's how we sort of marry that very, very important element of human coaching or Mm -hmm. old school coaching with new age technology, right? Now we're we're going one step further in our new application as well. So what we'll do is now there's a bunch of things I would say 80% of what a coach does in terms of the time spent or not the value Mm -hmm. they bring to the table, but the time spent is a lot of the numerical stuff, right? How many hours have they slept? Calories in versus calories out. How much caffeine did they have? What were the steps? So how many calories do we think that the client effectively burned? Now, all of that we're automating, including giving, you know, meaningful nudges, you know, when you eat certain things, meaningful recommendations to say, you know what, rather than saying giving you a diet plan tomorrow for eat, you know, bajra, roti and dal or whatever, Mm. but to actually start giving you better recommendations in the same palate that you would be eating in any case, right? Mm. Like a South Indian guy being saying have 
Chole Puri will probably not really get excited yeah, yeah. by it or be able to stick to it. But depending on what they actually eat on a regular basis, you'll start getting that. And it's not even giving you an option like have a yogurt versus having chips because the taste and texture is completely different. But actually mm-hmm. telling you, okay, so of Lay's chip, maybe you have makhana, right? Mm-hmm. right? So that ice cream may have a piece of dark chocolate. Satiety-wise is the same, but it's, it is sweet. It is a dessert item and so on and so forth. Right. So again, we're building more tech on top. So then the coach really becomes a pure accountability partner where they say, listen, there are three things that people uh, struggle with when it comes to fitness that we at least that we've sort of narrowed down and identified. One is decision fatigue, which people have a big problem with uh, where they don't know this. We're we're in an age where there's too much information. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. and and rather than saying, OK, we don't know what to do. There's so much that they're actually be, they're struggling with doing this versus that. Right. Yeah. What do you the follow? Second, what do you follow? There's so much. There's so yeah. many freebies on YouTube for that matter. And then you have the, the cons- lack of consistency because there's nobody holding you sort of accountable on that. So the, the coach actually brings in that accountability factor to hold you true to your goals and checking up on you every now and then, and therefore thereby you know, making sure that you're consistent in your progress. And those two things itself will just take you a long way. So if I can take a step back and say that, you know, at the point when you made that transition from what was in a sense a brick and mortar business, right? Uh, yes. You go to gym, it's a physical space, you know, there's a certain level of investment that goes into that. The way of functioning, that's very different. And you move towards something which is online, tech driven, etc. What were your learnings in that transition as someone who's kind of helping kind of grow and build this? And what did you kind of learn as you started? Because the consumer teaches you so many things, right? The consumer yes. teaches you like, okay, these are your preconceived notions about me, but that some of the stuff is not true. So what did you learn during that transition and when, when you kind of started off? Uh, you mean offline to online? Yeah, offline to online and from the consumer in general. Yeah, so here's the thing. Fitness is still very, very nascent in India. Right. There are probably two yeah. percent people in India that actually join that actually go to a gym. There are a few more people who try doing things outside like walking and some home workouts mm. and some yoga and whatnot, right? But it's still something that people will meme about. Will 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 have mm. memes about. Uh, health on the other hand, slightly different, right? Yeah. Uh, where people won't actually joke about it. So, uh, but but the thing is that yes, Pete, there is obviously uh, the last two years there's been a huge acceleration towards you know people actually looking forward to doing it, so they don't get caught on the wrong foot when say God forbid COVID twenty nine or some other nonsense hits, right? So yeah. they're starting to say that okay, let me start at least managing my health a little bit, such that we're not caught on the wrong foot. We're actually making sure that we're leading a healthy life. We're just sort of making sure that you know you are. Just you're just meaningfully trying to do something and sticking to a routine because you just want to be fitter than what you thought. And now it's got probably climbed up one notch on the, as I call it, the hierarchy of life's priorities, right? So it's probably down, it was down to six, it was on six or seven, now it's probably four or five, right? But still there's there's a lot to be, uh, you know, to, to educate people and whatnot. What's also happened over the last four or five years is lots of apps that have come out. They've taught people about the importance of food logging, the, the importance of this thing. So that's also helping us sort of, you know, change uh, or rather, we don't have to re-educate people or educate people from scratch. Mm. Uh, when it came to, uh, you know, people in the gym, uh, these people came there to train, right? Yeah. Versus people outside, people like people at home or people using our application. We are allowing them to train at home, but we're also telling them that other things are important. So mm. just the whole fact that being able to teach them that it's not just I train so I can eat well, or I want to mm. eat less so I can just, or, and I don't want to train because I just want to lose weight. 
there are lots of learnings that have come about on just that on those those couple of factors that actually happen because you know you're trying to see trying to sit at a distance literally like how we are sitting and recording this thing right now versus yeah. being there in person and anything you want to sort of train harder right so it's very one dimensional versus two dimensional the other thing is that food logging in itself has become sort of you know i wouldn't say common place or mainstream yet in india i think globally it's far more this thing because we've also grown up right being told don't mm. count how many chapatis you eat right <laughs> yeah. you know, even our mother yeah. mother used to tell us don't count how much you eat but in yeah. india that's the thing so everything has to be looked at from that lens to see okay what is it that we actually grew up with what are the things that we were told you know meat mithai after a meal is just a given right in household yeah. it's not even like you yeah. don't even give thought to it it's like a mithai mein immediately after eating yeah. Right, exactly. so those things, yeah. So those are things that you need to keep. We need to keep in mind all the time when we're trying to suggest a diet and just trying to be a little more, I would say, subtle when it comes to changing those behaviors one at a time versus mm-hmm. uh, you know this thing on the online piece especially because you know that's where you're not really in person. You can't radiate so much of that energy back in as much, but you're sort of doing it a little bit out of distance and through the keyboard, right? And actually just sort of giving mm-hmm. that. So that's that's I would say a lot too. Very very different between the two models. Yeah, and I think what's also interesting is that you know there was this entire surge towards okay I need to figure a way to be fit from home and uh, not mm-hmm. just fit like be healthier from home um, as as COVID happened. And now you're at a point when things have opened up to a large extent, so people are also kind of getting out. So have you seen almost like a change in how you approach it as things have opened up? Basically, saying okay, when the consumer at that point couldn't leave the house, so they wanted something, you know, specifically what I can do at home. But today they might also want to do, let's say, a community activity or kind of get together. So how do you kind of how you seen that change? And from a consumer standpoint, are you seeing the consumer kind of saying, no, I I don't want to just do stuff at home, or is that pretty much par for course even now? So even when we back in the day when we first started and uh, you know things that sort of slowly opened up so we don't do only for example home workouts we mm. customize it to each and every individual so for example i know you i've seen your videos you train a lot at home and then yeah. i've seen some outdoor stuff well i go to the yeah. gym literally every day right so yeah. so i do a, i do a mixture of all things yeah yeah so Uh, I haven't seen in many many gym videos of yours for sure, but but yeah. uh, but the thing is that it would be a mix. Uh, it would be different for you and different for me because I have a certain type, my body type, my structure, my diet, my goals. Everything's different. So yeah. what we do is we don't, uh, you know, it's it's in fact what we prescribe the best combination is to do three to four days of very very good. I won't say very intense, uh, but good amount of weight training. supplemented mm-hmm. with a good amount of movement or that could be cardio that could be dance that could be whatever just to make sure mm-hmm. that your heart rate is up and you're burning enough calories and you get enough steps through the day and so on and so forth is the best way to do it so with the things opening up it's actually been sort of better because now people are more open to sort of go stepping out and you know actually going out to the gym and getting better results because they're going and lifting real weights because the the thing with real weights is that there are micro inc- increments or improvements that you can make with 1 kg plates yeah. and 1/2 kg plates but in a push up you can only do a box push up and incline and whatever uh, slanting and yeah. full push up right so it becomes very difficult for us to sort of coach uh, them on that and then it's it's more about us therefore not doing you know like we don't do like zoom classes right so we we build structure for them into the system mm-hmm. so what we specialize in with people who are extremely busy in general we help build the structures and systems strategies and we give them those techniques that build into their calendar so they're able to do it so you know one joke i always make like i like i i live like like subodh from dil chahta hai because i like, live by the calendar and i say okay okay it's time for training i have a 
go crazy in the gym sort of a calendar reminder and have something mm. to hydrate and have something to go eat my food and whatnot and it's not just the fitness piece but also okay i need to send work on a document or this podcast or whatever that is there but you know the thing is that you only have those 12 for 12 hours a day right i mean the rest of the 12 hours is uh, you're sleeping you you've got your other stuff you've got your traveling you're getting ready you can't obviously do that but how do you best manage those 12 hours a day right now that's where you say okay now let me fill out those you know that old old age old story about filling the rocks and then the pebbles and yeah. the sand and we actually help clients build that into the day so that you filled up your rock your cardio your training your meals etc and then we say okay now schedule the rest of it around that obviously in the during the work day so that you're not you've already fixed everything up ahead right and what yeah. it allows you to do is that a lot of people think that oh my god he lives by a calendar and everything set out but yeah. it's just like writing down your to dos for next day the previous night just having a calendar yeah. you know allows you to think about more things that you can build do in your life and that structure yeah. actually gives you i would say more freedom to be able to do a lot more that's sort of what we help people you know uh, build more than this thing so the gyms definitely help for sure to answer mm. your first question and uh, that sort of allows us to help them to sort of build uh, build a better facility in the long run as you're talking this one and i feel this is where the the whole space is kind of going right um, and i want to take a broader point of view on the entire ecosystem is that you would always consider health to be a separate category from fitness which is weird in hindsight because they're so like they're pretty much like it's like left hand and right hand right in that sense of the word uh, they need to kind of work function together but we always looked at the the let's say the gym or going running etc as one thing and then you'd have how you eat how you look at your health all of that as a separate thing while you would always talk about it I, mean, i don't think we ever saw them as one ecosystem so when you look at this entire market right now saying so obviously there there is a focus on 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 fitness on your health on what you eat on on everything else uh, what do you seeing in today's time what do you see the big opportunity being and what are you really tapping into so this is where we're really digging in like as we focus towards uh, the future because this is where you know we find ourselves right now right right so fitness is is preventive health care right? i mean it's it's something where you know we are trying to prevent somebody from having to pay huge bills actually take a toll on their health actually take a toll on their family work life and everything so fitness is what i would call is preventive healthcare at some level and what we're building uh, you know right now and actually the opportunity that, that that does lie in there is to allow people to get as the old saying goes uh, you know reward people for prevention uh, mm-hmm. rather than penalizing them for a cure right so mm-hmm. for example one one big example of that would be uh insurance right uh, if we have any pre existing condition if we have a family history or a vice then we are penalized and we are charged for you know more premium than the person mm-hmm. next to us right even at the same mm-hmm. age everything else but uh, are we rewarding people who actively take part or take care of the health are we rewarding them for being preventive are we rewarding them for you know uh, making sure that they log their foods and therefore eating more mindfully are we rewarding them for having a better average low, lower resting heart rate right and so on and so forth and so yeah. on and so forth so that that's a big opportunity i think that people are now looking towards a couple of companies are definitely looking at that we have it in our product roadmap as well in which we actually talking about building a, a very robust system to mm. demonstrate that this person is truly looking forward you know looking after their health and truly making sure that they are healthier than the person next to them and therefore they need to get rewarded in some manner or the other now whether that's um whether that's insurance premiums 
whether that's getting more access to better quality, you know, gyms and spas and, you know, professionals, or whether that's simply just e-commerce and, you know, giving them discounts on weight protein as an example, right? So yeah. it's it's about it's about getting them to, in rather incentivizing people to actually stay healthy and uh, mm-hmm. do that. So I think that's a massive opportunity going up ahead. Some larger insurance companies globally also looking at this. And, uh, and we're building a system of, you know, calculating or something. We call it the daily alpha score. Uh, currently, mm-hmm. it's based on four or five uh, parameters. But as we go along, we're building about 16 more that will come about, which mm-hmm. can't obviously be gamed, uh, you know, uh, this thing. Some some food log related things can surely be gamed, but not everything can be gamed. And it'll be like, uh, think of yeah. it as a credit score, which has to remain yeah. at a certain level over a three-month period. And then you start getting the benefits of it. So it'll literally mm-hmm. take a guy a lot of time to actually game that stuff. And then if you can maintain that, you know, sort of a fitness score or daily alpha score, then that will allow you to get all of these benefits in the long run. So that's something that we're largely working on to make sure that the ecosystem really benefits from this, right? But but if you look at the thing about between fitness and health, I think overall between both of them, the fundamentals remain exactly the same. Now, whether, you know, whether we do something, everything sort of leaves a path or a pattern. And if you... It, it, it's like how you say how you do something it's everything right now if you take if you brush your teeth and that's a habit that you do twice a day then if we put you on a better habit of okay now start flossing as well you'll start doing mm-hmm. that as well right the same with fitness health anything right everything has to be done in i would say a slightly measured fashion and everything has to be rather than go hard and go home so all of these eventually play out together into each other Wherein if you mindfully eat well, which is a great, you know, foods like the best supplement, as they say, uh, if you eat well, your health is going to be much better in the future. So it's just like any large project that you start today. So if you were to start working on a book like your book, right, mm. you would have start thinking about it much more in advance than when it actually came through. Right. Similarly, true, health, true. fitness, I would say, are the seeds you sow towards better health in the future, which is why I call it preventive health. But mm-hmm. you will only see the benefits of that two years or five years in the future and not today. So the more you put your head down and work, five years later, you'll be thanking your older self. And that's, I think, the large connection between the two. And I have a bunch more questions to ask you, but I know we need to go for a quick break. So we're going to do that and be right back with advertising is dead. Welcome back to Advertising is Dead. We're still talking to Ketan. Now, before we went into break, there's, I think, what you spoke about in terms of what health can actually do, especially the metric. I, I find the alpha score piece super interesting, right? Because in many ways, this is something which I think the world has been moving towards is to say that the way we've calculated how insurance works, how all, uh, how you look at so many of those things around our health, is there a more technology-driven way to kind of look at that data. So it kind of gives you a better scope of, of where things are. Um, and as you go deeper into that, do, do you see this almost evolving to saying till now it's the choice of what you want to do in terms of workout? Like you said, like, I might be a someone who might want to go you know, work out from home or someone who might just want to run, etc. Do you see this also getting fine-tuned to saying, okay, this is almost what you need to do from the form of workout that you need to do? Or is that something which is still flexible? Am, am I moving it towards too rigid a form? It depends again. So there is an optimum way to do it, right? And mm. then there's a how I would want to do it in my way mm. and, and that is sustainable for me, right? So fitness is not about a 12-week plan or a 40-day challenge or 25-day. Yeah. Right? got Yeah, none of us get fat in 12 weeks, right? And if you have 20 kgs, 40 kgs to lose, 
it's going to take its time. And then it's also not the end of the journey there, right? Fitness has to be there to be, okay, fitness according to me is being independent at the age of 90. Fitness is also about going and partying full night, you know, in a full moon party and lasting and seeing sun, the sunrise. Fitness is about playing with our kids, going for that trek. Everything is fitness eventually needs a little bit of that. So uh, the idea is to slowly pile on better habits over time. And the most effective training plan or diet is what you can sort of sustain, right? So we obviously have a best practice that's possible. That's, you know, you've got to follow that. Having said that, if you're not, if you don't enjoy it, if something that you just find difficult, why don't we try something else, right? So we've had a client who basically just could, just did not want to train. And uh, she had some medical issues and whatnot. And we said, okay, let's just start, you know, measuring and your food first. And then let's just start getting a few steps into four thousand steps and six thousand steps. And then eventually we got her to start training twice a week. And then that medical issue, it's called tinnitus, it just vanished. It was a ringing sound and this thing. And that happened only when she started training. But she didn't want to start training to begin with. And that training, yeah. probably she started training the fifth month of coaching. Right. So it's a very, very long game. You know, our company is also called TLG TechFit because it stands for the long game. And it's mm-hmm. actually the way and the ethos with which we sort of coach because there's, we honestly believe it's, you know, you can throw out 12 week transformation pictures, but this, then you end up losing the same 10 kgs over and over and over again. And there's no point yeah. in that because you're just not, you're not getting anywhere. Right. It's just spinning your wheels in the mud every single year, perhaps. So that's the way we sort of think about it. How have you looked at your growth strategy in terms of just like kind of building, adding more consumers to the platform, uh, marketing, etc. What have you seen from inception to now that's really worked? And um, because community also plays a large part in anything which is around fitness, right? right? So how have you looked at kind of growing that aspect and also kind of because your core thing is still personalized. So it's how does that yeah. mix kind of work, especially when you're talking to the consumer and kind of getting them onto the platform? Yeah, so, so so growth has been uh, measured and has not just been crazy all over the place just to get users, right? Uh, so our first app that which is the Elite Human Coaching, which we as we call Elite, that one is a pure one to one. There's no free download and whatnot. So it's you can't just go out and get hundreds of thousands of downloads and users and installs. So there we've mm-hmm. gone a very very measured approach. We've gone out, spoken to consumers, got a lot of referrals, got a lot of people who's talking about it, and. Because we don't throw out too many transformation pictures and stuff for that, it's it, it's been slow and measured, to be very honest. And we have about a thousand plus customers right now, all of who pay us a reasonable amount per month, right? So it's slow yeah. go ramp up uh, on that side. On the other side, however, uh, we've literally just launched an open beta uh, on the free app. That's got 35,000 downloads already in under a month. Yeah. And you're like, okay, that's some uh, that's a completely different animal. <laughs> Complete listening. Yeah. They're actually trying to come to terms to, okay, who are these users who's double down? Mm. Where did they come from? Obviously, we have you know metrics for all of these, but it's just we're still trying to understand who are the people who are actually using our application, mm. what are they actually enjoying in it, and then we're starting to build around that, right? Not just the next fe- not the next set of functional features, but the next set of community features as to like getting a little bit of feed in there, getting in, in you know uh, again incentivizing through leaderboards and gamification rewards, all of that stuff, right? So it it will eventually, so people like to, you know, we're social animals, right? People like to do yeah. stuff, especially fitness. People love doing a, a, this thing. They, they get competitive. That's a CrossFit is such a hit in general, yeah. right? Because everything it is completely yeah. gamified, right? Even if you and I are completely different age groups, uh, fitness levels, I would see your name up there and say, dude, I want to go out and hit that much of a deadlift or whatever. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So th- that little thing, that little element of gamification is what gets a lot of people excited. 
and we're obviously adding that and we're also adding a bit of a community feature wherein you where every person can become you could say like an influencer among in mm-hmm. their own community when i say that i mean that okay you know what if you say you like functional fitness as an example rather than yeah. old school bodybuilding and if somebody asks a question on the feed about that and you answer that you start rising up in the rank just like kora right yeah. so within yeah. that you will start getting recognized through stars or whatever such that you start get becoming a little bit of an authority in that particular niche of yours and each person can sort of build that answer questions ask questions or you exhaust the credits own credits to for various things and the more you uh, the more you answer the more of an authority you have that much more of an x that you can make on your coins and what right so it just helps us make people more engaged and help others as well in the community rather than just some experts sitting out there and answering questions as coaches now others can start helping each other that that's the way we sort of building it up the other being an entrepreneur is also building the right team right building the team that kind of works with you to kind of build everything out how has that process been for you um, when you when you going out to look for people to kind of hire it's not just the coaches it's also obviously a lot more uh, hands and legs involved how how has that been for you and when you go looking out and because a lot of people who listen to this podcast also are looking at um, what opportunities might be there for them across uh for their own careers um so what do you a going to go look for but also like how is the process of kind of building the team also been for you wow okay so team building we have a very very uh simple i would say and very 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 hard coded methodology there we mm-hmm. uh, you know it's it's built on the whole uh, navy seal sort of uh, this thing in which mm-hmm. they, they they value trust more than skill sets yeah. skill sets can be moderate to good it need not be the best in the world but trust has to be 100% so we value fit much more than the individual stars right so and then this is i think people in the office are tired of this example of mine but since hopefully there'll be newer people watching this podcast <laughs> other than just the guys in my team uh, is yeah. is the whole 2014 world cup right where argentina had yeah. messi and germany had a whole team and they just beat yeah. the pulp out of them and honestly yeah. that's the way we sort of look to bringing people in the interviewed by three four people amongst not just by um, managers and you know ceo or whatever but also mm-hmm. people from within other departments people actually understand do they have the same amount of fire drive ambition are they yeah. uh, will they be a good fit for you know even just having a beer after work will they be able to help each other out in when there's times of crisis and yeah. just now because of whole funding winter and all this stuff that we are all going through right now when people are not willing to spend on fitness because and everybody's trying to hold on to cost right now uh, we yeah. were also in the midst of raising capital a bunch of other things ahead the entire team stood by uh, with us as founders and stuff and we we were not not one day did we feel like oh my god what do i how do i you know talk to these guys mm. and every all teams call we had we were we leveled with them because we knew they'd be mature enough and they wouldn't just say oh my god these guys are in trouble we're going to just head out uh, but they all stuck around they all this thing uh, they all they all understood and uh, and you know uh, that's the way i think the whole, i mean in my mind that's the only way a team is really good. so we borrowed obviously these are not original ideas but uh, people should reach read the the netflix culture deck uh, uh, written by reed reed hastings and uh, honestly uh, it's 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 played it's had a profound impact on us in terms of how we look at things how we look at people they don't just resources but actual humans that they're not like filling a role right they're actually bringing on other people who can meaningfully add to your life and not just that role or the job that they need to be so that that's i think in a nutshell how even aspirants should look at how they will contribute to a company 
in the future and what have you learned about yourself um, as an entrepreneur right over this journey like if you look at the time from you began to now there's always a bit of like self discovery about okay one second i've learned this not just about how i function but like how i am uh, what has your learning been about yourself i think honestly if we all did things that we actually enjoyed waking up and getting excited about waking up or getting excited about a monday i think we'd be such happier beings to be honest i, I think this mm-hmm. this work life right now demands i mean without exaggeration 10x of the energy and the hard work that i did in my previous job where i was in private equity also considered high pressure a lot of work a lot of this uh, you know a lot of uh, high quality work right um, yeah. but but it doesn't like this doesn't tire me i go for 12 hours straight uh, it's just something i feel like i can do for the next 20 years and uh, and i just i it just gets me very excited about it right so it's also it's a bit of the passion it's a bit of the purpose that is trying trying to help people out i think i just wish everybody finds that at some point in their life the way i did i mean i found it i mean i quit my job at like 42 or something it was last year mm-hmm. and i okay, went full time into this uh, but uh, and a lot of people do find it at 20 and a lot do not ever right they just go into yeah, their jobs yeah. for 40 years and retire but it's outstanding to find what you truly love and do yeah. and when you wake up and you realize oh my god today is another good day and it could be a sunday right and and it yeah. fires up to say okay today is a day i'm going to get this done rather than just saying oh you know what it's my weekend or it's a long weekend or let me just sort of you know enjoy myself it it actually fires it, it, it when you do stuff that teaches you more about yourself when you do stuff that actually impacts others uh, it actually energizes you much more than it tires you out you will be tired physically at the end of the day but mentally you mm-hmm. never like stress only happens if you don't enjoy what you're doing right or you're not mm-hmm. doing what you're supposed to be doing that's another that's another aspect but generally speaking <laughs> if you don't enjoy what you're doing even if you're doing it diligently you, at the end of the day you just feel spent with this one it's it's actual physical tiredness but mentally you're like charged and all this so that's something that i honestly learned over the last one year <laughs> You know, towards the later part of every episode, we I ask my guests a set of questions. They they're actually almost like a take moving away from all that you've spoken about. But for you, I'm I'm, I'm interested to see what you kind of respond with. Mm-hmm. What do you spend a lot of time doing outside of work that keeps your interest? Um, uh, that you know, what's your favorite thing to? What do you unplug from work and and plug into that that you're excited about? I mean, if non-fiction podcasts and videos are <laughs> considered fun, then I do a lot of that. But yeah, Netflix. I mean, honestly. best way for me and i that i feel like brain dead doing just like <laughs> helps, helps me relax for a weekend to be very honest and uh, and since you mentioned um, uh, anything you listened to or watched recently that you recommend oh the kunal shah podcast on the knowledge i think the knowledge project mm. was it i think incredible yeah, i think it was that Those one two hours yeah. were one of the most insightful things i've ever 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 listened to yeah what can you put together in an instant a spreadsheet <laughs> <laughs> You know, I'm surprised how this answer hasn't come across this often. It hasn't been said that often because I think most of us spend so much time on spreadsheets that that should be the, one of the first responses. But um, I haven't heard this one in a while now, uh, and this question's actually been there since episode one of the show. Um, <laughs> what's the best piece of advice you've gotten across your journey? Advice? Oh God, there's so many of them actually. But I think the one of the biggest piece of advice that I've got is. Um, the what if right so i used to always honestly be this person who thought about the what if this doesn't go well what if that mm. client doesn't this thing what if my boss doesn't like what i did or whatever and the mm. best life changing advice i got from this really good friend of mine on a mentorship group was 
turn that what if into a positive, right? What if this is the best conversation of your life? What if this, you know, that you go out and submit your proposal and they give you a standing ovation? You will go in there with so much more confidence and positivity that you will actually go out and crack, right? And uh, and then that's exactly what I try and do it every single time. Like, honestly, I haven't done a podcast like this in a while now. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be like, I hope I don't, I hope I don't slip up. Right or say something stupid, and I was like, "No, what if this is the best podcast in the world?" So I just came with that exactly. mindset, and I sort of right? yeah. No, I think that that's fabulous advice, right? I think oftentimes we stop ourselves because of the what ifs, uh, like you said. Yes, yeah. kind of flipping it's, it's, that around. It's, yeah, it's the weight of the shield that weighs you down more than anything else. Yeah. And there are no yeah. arrows coming, right? And ninety yeah. percent of the time, there are no arrows. It's how we overthink and you tell yourself all these things, and you always carry that shield, thinking, "Okay, there's something coming my way." And if you can yeah. just let go of that shield for once, you'll be able to attack so much easier, right? So that's, I think, that's been the life-changing advice for me. So um, the show is called Advertising is Dead, um, but I want to ask you to kind of close this off saying, what do you see is going to keep this entire space alive going ahead? You know, the entire ecosystem across fitness, health, etc. just kind of the industry within it. Um, what do you think are the key things that are going to keep it alive going ahead? Okay, uh, not the best advertising professional, but I think honestly, good, meaningful content, educating people about what it really means to be healthy and just busting so many of those myths out there about eating, about diets, about slimming teas, about all kinds of weird things that people do. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. Honestly, if, if we can just, as a as an industry, and I honestly don't think of competitors as competitors, I think they also try to do a good job. They also started from the right, uh, you know, intentions and eventually commerce and funding and all of those things push us to do more and more and more. But I think if we can, as an industry, give out true information to people who need it and elevate the general uh, health and fitness of the country and eventually the globe, I think it will yeah. be the single most, uh, you know, simple CAC-free, uh, CAC-free, uh, you know, business bringer for all of these companies and us as well. So we try to do that, to be honest. Uh, uh, we try to stay true to our word in everything that we do ourselves in our daily life. And I think if people just practice what they preach, they'll preach the correct things. And uh, therefore, I think overall, that will be how this industry grows and you know, sort of helps others as well. Thanks so much for doing this. It's been fabulous talking to you. I think we've got a ton of un- just insights or understanding of this entire space and how you're looking at this evolving. And also, I think more, most importantly, how we all look at this from like a one dimensional lens, but there's so many dimensions to it, like you mentioned in terms of how you're looking at it. So I'm super excited about what you're building and uh, looking forward to seeing how this evolves. Um, and thank you for coming on Advertising is Dead. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Varun. I think it's been a pleasure. And I like the way you said how it evolves. Our new app is by the called Alpha Coach Evolve. So please go check it <laughs> out and download it if you're on an Android right now. Uh, but the iOS version is coming out in a couple of months as well. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot, Warren. Appreciate it. If you like this podcast and you want to listen to more podcasts like this, head over to the IBM Podcast website or app or where you get your podcast from and look at all the podcasts that IBM makes. There's some really fun stuff there.